0: Welcome to episode 25 of Processing the Process. The title of this episode is K Serra Serra, with Artsbridge founder and president, Kelly Scheffler, and vice president, Sean Ramsey. They are extremely heart driven. They both have so much history working in college admissions. If you've listened to my previous episodes, you have definitely heard me mention ArtsBridge summer program both Frankie and Tommy attended. It really solidified their resolve and commitment to wanting to move forward and audition with the hope of a career. We start our conversation mostly catching up on what my boys have been up to with everything that's been going on and has significantly affected their musical theater pursuits. And then we move on to how Artsbridge was born. Again, it goes back to heart for the kids auditioning for Boston Conservatory and not getting in and many times not getting accepted anywhere, and then feeling compelled to reach out, educate and give feedback. And then Sean's, I really like that he is able to relate to kids. He started down a trap of instrumental music and decided after a short time that he didn't want that. So I think that that's a really great perspective to be giving guidance from. ArtsBridge is so much more than just the musical theater summer program that they offer. That is really what I am versed in. They have a whole plethora of offerings. It's just really impressive to support students and their families in pursuing an education in the arts and ultimately a career. One of them is a gap year, and we touched on that a couple of times and I found that to be one that should be Highly considered as a try it out and see what you think before you commit to a four year program and everything else that goes with it. The cornerstone what do the college professionals think that is really the perspective that this program was built on. And as a student in their MT summer intensive, they get great insight as to what professionals think. And they have the opportunity for constructive feedback and to really take that and work with it so that when they show up to their actual auditions in the room or this past year virtually, they really are the most developed version of themselves in their craft. You guys are just really going to appreciate all the helpful thoughts and information that's shared. It's going to get you thinking proactively about the many different things affecting the process, especially in today's world, delicate subjects, but great. I was so happy with the conversation overall, a lot of emphasis about not needing to go to a certain college to make it. You can hear the frustration in Hallie's voice pushing for people to stay open to the possibilities. So, yeah. Just to time mark this, it is June 2nd, 2021. I live in Michigan. COVID restrictions are starting to change pretty significantly as more people are getting vaccinated. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Please, please, like this podcast? Comment, email me at lisatans at aol.com. Rate, share, or reach out to me on social media at Processing the Process, PTP. I would truly love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Enjoy! Now I have children of my own. They ask their mother, what will I be? Hey Lisa, how are you? I am well. Hey, I'm so, here. Hey Sean. Hi Sean. Hi Lisa. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having right. us.
0: Well, thank you guys. I have to tell you that this is the first time that I have chatted with a non-parent or student oh, so cool. like professionals right because I'd like to keep it really neutral but I know that you guys are a wealth of knowledge and I know that in terms of like providing for the audience that is looking for something like this I no longer know what <laughs> <it is.
2: laughs> you, I'm sure you know more than you think
0: well I know the old way <laughs> yeah, but crazy. yeah, I know that so much has changed. You guys are near and dear to my heart, even though oh. you know I really did not spend time with you guys other than coming right. in at Unified. Crazy, right? <laughs> are your boys. <laughs> they're good. They're good. You know, rolling with everything yeah. that has transpired with COVID. They both spent the past year having it look like nothing they had anticipated.
2: <laughs> I am sure. Well, we love your boy. We, I still remember, I was thinking about him when he was at Sarah Top Ranky when he sang the song Purpose. Like, I'll never forget it. It's just wild. <laughs> wild you remember.
0: Wow, that is. I'm certain that you have listened to hundreds of people. Hundreds.
2: Yeah, but he was always, first of all, he's so adorable, right? Both your boys. So appealing, so attractive. Thank you. Yeah. Did um, he like this- CCM, by the way?
0: Yes, he loved CCM. He worked really, really hard, as you know. I mean, these programs, they are so rigorous. You know, you can't be faint of heart. And I think, you know, he thought he knew what he was getting into. You know, it had its ups and downs and, you know, just feelings about working that hard at a high level like that daily and it being physically and emotionally engaging every day. You know, you can't really be prepared for that, especially at 18. CCM was a good fit. He's still like, those are his people.
2: Good. Okay. Good, good, good.
0: His girlfriend he met there. Yeah. So, you know, it all works out and you go where you're meant to be. And I know that hearing that is like, "Mm," kind of cringy for parents and students who are starting their way through this process, but it's true
2: but it's very
1: true and I I feel like Hallie says this all the time so I'm channeling her but most students are really happy once they get to college wherever they end up
2: it's really I mean it's uh, there's so many great programs out there and I think the kids think that you have to go to certain programs to be successful I got a kick out of the fact that um the head of mt at right state just reached out to me lisa oh you're kidding uh, no and i'm looking forward to speaking with him i recommended that program to a lot of people i think it was joe is tommy happy there yes so tommy had a very
0: tumultuous getting his yeses and nos back yeah, it's very hard yeah uh, honestly he didn't picture himself at right um, got it And he spent his freshman year there and was as happy as I have seen him, definitely more so than high school. He was adjusting well and a good fit for him and his class. He grew closer to all of them, but he did end up not going back last year.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Sean, you remember Tommy, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think I
1: ever met Frankie, but I, (laughs) I have a kind of funny memory of of meeting Tommy at the Chicago Unifieds and we kind of bonded over, um, I had just gotten into Lululemon, like men's stretchy clothing <laughs> and, he, and he had this pair of uh, joggers that were like full on luck stream and I spotted them from across the room and then we, <laughs> talked, we talked about it for a good long while. So,
0: so I, I started, Sean, I started telling Kelly about what my boys were up to.
1: Yeah.
0: So Frankie's in New York. He is bartending in West Village nice that's great um you know he definitely does not want that to be his career he is assessing right now
2: how to move forward in this weird time especially yeah
0: yes yeah and I
1: totally respect that because too many students feel the pressure like I can't take time off I have to go you know I have to decide now what I'm going to do for the rest of my life so what he's Mm -hmm. earning money saving money and taking the time to think about what is most important and how to move forward Mm -hmm. that's great 1000%,
0: you know, what I said to him was, Mm -hmm. this is just a time. This is just a chapter. And you're choosing this instead of getting into a corporate environment, because it gives you flexibility, you are able to still travel. And I was like, believe me, I know you and I know that you will go after whatever you decide that you want. right now, there really, there isn't an industry
2: for you. (laughs) The other thing, Lisa, is that everything students do, and we know this because we have perspective because we're older in our lives, but everything these kids do leads to something else right and mm-hmm. he and it's very easy to think okay i'm going to be 30 or 40 and still pouring someone's drink mm-hmm. most of us have been a server or a bartender or wash dishes or something like that right and it gives him flexibility and then thank god if things are coming back now right um then he'll be able to now is he still doing some training he has
0: really just focused on making and saving money during this time got it and then tommy he took the yeah, me. off Okay. He ended his freshman year with the last three months online and was mm. like, this is just, no, I, it's not okay. working for me. Right. And so we really encouraged him to take the year and do something else that wasn't staying at home. So, um, what did he do? So, he, that summer after his freshman year, he worked at a bike shop that really piqued his interest. So, he went to this bike institute in Oregon to get specific training in bike tech. and that's then so cool. Yeah, that's and then cool. he ended up um, taking a job in Phoenix at a bike shop called Freeride. Yeah, that's how he spent his year. And he just moved home a, about a month ago-ish, but
2: he is enrolled and going back to write So he'll be a year behind his buddy. So he'll be the class of 24. Yes. So glad he did something else. I know it was not easy for the students. I mean, Sean and I had a college client we were working with whose parents pulled all their furniture out of their living room and then oh, put man. down like a dance floor and <clears> then put wall-to-wall mirrors. And then that was for the first semester at uh, Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. And then she went back the second semester. And so, um, yeah, it's hard for these kids, you know, whether you're in college or you're high school senior or yeah, very difficult. Yeah. Or yeah. college senior difficult,
0: right? I'm not even sure what the most advantageous position was to be in in this not time. in school not a
1: student <laughs> not a student is the only answer. Yeah.
0: So anyhow, that's getting you just caught up on that.
2: Okay, There's a lot to talk about. So we're pretty uh, good on this now and probably could answer anything. Especially
1: um, after we've been on this national TV tour for like uh, Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Well, I did watch a few videos that are on your page. Good. Yeah, I was like, this is great information.
2: (laughs) The easiest way go to our website, archbridge.com/slash press we've been doing NBC and ABC and a little Fox, you know, some other things all about college and education in the COVID era. And then we did a really big survey, which we had a great response. from. by great, I mean, many, many people, just about people who are likely, you know, thoughts about doing gap year. We found 30% of the people survey definitely considered a gap year. Um, very high percentage of students did not like the idea of, you know, going to college from their bedroom
0: so great to have a resource out there that i would have liked to have had so let's talk okay so i want to start with getting a feel for you both how you ended up becoming an expert in the college admissions but also what led you to developing arts
2: bridge uh sean should i go first
1: yeah, because your history with ArtsBridge clearly goes back a lot farther than mine's.
2: Okay, I'll try to keep things succinct. Let's see. So I started ArtsBridge kind of unofficially, quietly in 2007. And I started the company because I was currently the Dean of Enrollment at Boston Conservatory at Berkeley, as it is now called. And I saw all these students not getting into the conservatory and I would be given a pile of letters at the time because we didn't do decisions in email or on the system and my staff encouraged me to rather than do that to do a digital signature and I refused to do that. I made myself sign all these letters and they were a lot because I realized how much I was negatively impacting their lives, and I just feel like oh, that's the least I could do. And after a while, I would write, I would write on the, the letter, "If you want to understand how we came to this decision, please call." Now, one thing that Sean will jump in in a second and tell you is that you just don't do that. No admissions doesn't do that. You don't tell people why they don't get into harvard or why they don't get into boco or why don't they don't get into ccm and it becomes like this was it my grade was it my scores was it my pieces was mm-hmm. it you know my rep what was it am i a bad dancer so the students get nothing from it so then a lot of people called most of the people that called were the dads interestingly enough i think and as we've learned now a lot of our moms are the ones who are. Definitely involved and over-involved by following Instagram pages of a particular college to see who are they reaching out to and who are they not. And if they're not reaching out to my daughter, that must mean my daughter didn't get in. I mean, Mm -hmm. that level. And then as people would call, I would find out that their child didn't just not get into the conservatory, but didn't get in anywhere. And this can't happen. This is devastating to families. It just can't happen. And even though families we work with, we tell them, listen, you can apply to 15 schools, you might get into two. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody really believes it. Everybody (laughs) thinks that even if a school is taking seven girls, they're going to be one of the seven. So I realized at the time that there's got to be a way to get these families feedback. There's got to be a way for the students to learn not so much what they did wrong, but the education around this is No. I still feel like there's so much education that needs to get out. You know, what you need, how you have to be prepared, what's important, what's not important. And so then I told my boss, who was the president of the school at the time, that I wanted to do that because I didn't then and don't now feel like the conservatory was for everybody. And I wanted to see like were there any schools that had openings and believe it or not, I found some. And then I thought, okay, I'm just gonna do this work, I'm just gonna start a company where I'm just gonna do this. And then I got a little worried thinking oh, I don't really want to be at my kitchen table and doing this because I love people. I love the sense of community. And then I decided, okay, I'm just going to stay at the conservatory for a few more years and I'm going to do both. And um, I started working with five or six kids a year. And then I got to the point where, okay, I'm ready to do this. So I left in 2010 and then Artsbridge was born. Originally, it was just me. And now there's seven of us now there was this man across town named sean ramsey who um <laughs> i was very aware of and sean um is much younger than i am and sean had thank you for saying that sean, like, much younger like he's a child and, <laughs> and he had done a lot of the positions that i had we both worked at the laundry school of music in cambridge and then he worked i was at boston university and then he was at Boston University. And even though there have been many, many people in, in that position, Sean and I are kind of known as the ones that, you know, did great work at Boston University and enrolled terrific classes and all that. We have very similar style. And I knew that he was the guy I needed, but you know, it was a lot just starting a business. And I knew I needed another high level consultant who really could be my partner in crime. So Sean joined us, Sean, is it five years ago? Yeah, Yeah, and Lisa, it's been perfect, and we work so well together, and Sean and I are on the consulting side, then we have Ariel Strasser and Hannah Uher, who are in the ArtsBridge summer, Um, we have a gap year now, we have high school training, we have workshops, and then Sean and I have a wonderful person who is our director of client relations who works with both of us to make sure we stay on task, and then we have an essay expert in Iowa. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah that is big. that's really been excellent. And then we now have a head of our visual arts division. Wow. Yeah. So we work with musical theater and acting students. We work music do music production, songwriting, recording arts, you know painting sculpture, ceramics. Um, all that, a lot of technical theater for sure, lighting design, costuming, um, and students who go to BFA programs, um, and of course, music students, um, bachelor of music programs in music, and a bachelor of music programs in music theory. Sean and I, before COVID, we- were known to take terrific week-long trips, and we visited a very high percentages of the schools we talk about to our students, so we can't wait like to get on the road and do that again. So that's how the whole thing started.
0: Awesome. And Sean, can you share... Your journey here.
2: Yeah,
1: and maybe I'll rewind since I'm so young and fresh. I'll (laughs) go back. (laughs) I'll back to- <laughs> just a I, full disclosure I turned 40 a few months ago and I'm ah, still settling into it so okay you, I
0: mean you've been, you got some wisdom but, yeah I feel like you
1: know now at least my like gray hair and bald head matches the number on paper so <gasps> that's a good thing so I like to go back a little bit further because I was one of those kinds of students who struggled a bit with my educational path and, and finding out what it was that I was meant to do so I you know, all throughout my childhood, and especially as I got into high school years, I was like music school, music school, music school, and sure enough, I back then it was 1999. Um, you know, students like college applicants would apply to three, four, five colleges, mm-hmm. and that was like very normal then. So I applied to four and was really, really lucky. I don't even know how I picked them. I had like no real guidance, but um, I, I got into all four, and I decided to go to wow, yeah, to to Eastern School of Music. Um, which was kind of like my dream school. I never thought I would, you know, it happened. And so I went week one was not even over. And I remember saying to my parents, like, I don't know if music school is for me. And it it sort of threw me for a a loop Mm -hmm. because it's not what I ever wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my dad, he said, well, you know, we're paying all this money for you to go to Eastman because, you know, you wanted this like, you know, great music education and it's out of state and it's private tuition and all of that. So if you need to, find what it is you want to do, then UMass would be a great option. So I transferred to UMass Amherst. I was pretty involved in music stuff there, but I was an economics major and I graduated with a BA in in economics. I had a couple of like little jobs that first year out of college. It was 2003. And about a year after I graduated, I landed this great job in the admissions office at the Longview School of Music. I was there for a couple of years and then had an opportunity to to go like back to Eastman in a way. And I took a part-time job in admissions. And for the first year there, I was a full-time student finishing the bachelor of music degree that I had started like six or seven years before. So I was at Eastman about four years. The last two of those, I was just working in admissions and um, started doing a lot of travel for Eastman, doing recruitment um, internationally too. And then this job opened up at Boston University. I'm from Massachusetts originally, so it was kind of a no-brainer to advance in my career. And I was there for seven years. And the last couple of years that I was there, Hallie and I, we like to say that we, we kind like, yeah kind of professionally dated for a while. We were like occasional flings, you know. <laughs> so we would meet every four, five, six months and kind of flirt with the idea of like, you know, me leaving BU and coming to ArtsBridge. Finally, in 2016, this is literally like after th- I think three years that we
2: at least yeah. talked
1: about it on and off. I'd wrapped up admissions at VU that spring of 2016, and I called Hallie and I was like, I think I'm ready. Are you ready? And she basically said, Yeah, I'm ready. I think within 24 hours or a week, we made it happen. I've been, I have never looked back. This work is amazing. I feel so lucky every day. I mean, the colleagues are great. The students, are great. The parents are great. It's just awesome.
2: So ironically, Sean and I are both musicians and trained as musicians. And I say ironic because we probably work with more theater kids than anything. Mm-hmm. If you had to kind of look at that. Um, and I went to a Sarah Lawrence College BA program and then did graduate my graduate did my master's at BU, Boston University. But um, I always felt that there was something about and Sean and I both have done different things within enrollment. You know, financial aid and services and admissions i always felt like there was something about admissions that was almost like the least challenging but but i realize now it's because it's both of us it comes naturally to both yeah us. love we thing. love the kids we love the parents no day is the same i got off a call yesterday after 14 years and said to my colleague who was here um i love working there. arts <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah no it, and we really have made such a difference in the students lives and it's a ton of work but we do love our family
0: well and I can tell that you're both driven with heart and care for what you do and you clearly have excitement in your voice and it's a job but it's so much more than that yeah yeah the kids who pass through your program are very blessed and fortunate that you brought it to fruition. Having had my kids go to different programs and then sending them both there and then recommending it to other people, I just think it was such a huge point in their decision-making about moving forward with this process They went to other summer programs. Yes, I know.
2: I do think it's very special. You know why this works, I think, as students, they really need to know what do the colleges think? What do the college professionals think? Because auditioning for the industry for a show in New York or wherever is very different than auditioning for college. So what the kids really appreciate is a couple of things. Number one, we don't do a show. We don't do a showcase. This is not let's work for two weeks and have the industry come and see how great we are. And it's actually not even about how great we are. If you're great, you get in. And we turn away hundreds of kids every year. But once the students are there and they're all leveled, they appreciate the honesty. They really want to know what do I need to work on. What do I need for great songs? What do I need for great monologues? And yes, of course, you have to read the plays. You know that the monologues are from because the faculty aren't going to ask you what happened to the scene before. So they appreciate the honesty. They appreciate the connections with the faculty. We never hold college auditions at our program because we don't believe in that because it's not fair. But we make sure students have everything they need. You know when they go to this program. And then the students who then work with us on the college process, on the college consulting side, have access to the same thing. Plus, we have an online college guide and they can find out everything they need and all the different audition material. But they really appreciate in the consulting level that Sean, when he goes over their artistic assessments, which is what we do, he's gonna be straight, he's not gonna sugarcoat it, he's gonna be nice and nurturing, same with me. And then when Sean looks at their academics, he's really clear with them, like, listen, you really need to add more classes your senior year. You, may be, you need to add a seventh semester of math because Indiana University requires seven semesters, that kind of thing. So I don't know how people do this actually without help, but I fear there are a lot of people doing this without help who are at this point in the year who haven't had a great result. And that's painful. Mm.
0: So when I was looking at your website, one of your offerings is a strictly assessment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I know happens during the two week MT program. And I remember Frankie, especially being like, we were going to meet with them and they're going to tell us like, whether they think yes we can do this. Like, should I be even moving forward?
2: Sean will tell you about the process is one thing we don't do is we do not have a crystal ball. We will never tell anybody not to do this ever. But there are many I'm so glad you said
1: it first, Kelly.
2: There's so many ways to do this, whatever the this is, because right, Sean?
1: I mean to me it comes right down to like, you know, should I be doing this? That's not the question. It's what feedback and advice can I incorporate into my work between now and when I'm actually in these audition rooms or recording these pre-screens that will help me present the best most artistically developed version of myself that I can. That's the purpose of it, right? right. There are great schools at every level of selectivity for every mm-hmm. student. So Hallie, we're, we're totally on the same page on that.
2: Always, yes, we are. Now when students hear artistic assessment they get nervous that somebody is going to tell them that and shame on those people because nobody knows everybody comes from a different level of training. Some students are naturally amazing, but haven't had training and that's fine. fine. And the other thing we're realizing too, even though, yes, of course, we want students to go to college. It's very important to us. We think it's very important for them. We have a gap year program now we're going to have our second year this year. I love that. Oh, I'm so glad you love it because to some people a gap year is, I'm just not going to go to college. I'm going to hang out on the sofa and go to the mall. For some people, it's, yes, a bike through Europe for 18 weeks. Okay, fine. But this is like serious training. You can decide that you're going to go back to your college if you took a year off or didn't go to college yet. You could decide, I'm going to take another year and train and do some auditions. Like everything else at Archfords that we do, the faculty is beyond. I mean, it's all about the faculty, truly. And the organization, which is Ariel Strasser and Hannah. I mean, they're just, you know, they make this happen makes it look really easy. John and I sit back and just you know revel in what they do. So. Back to the assessment part.
0: I, as a parent, love that. Because all along from the first time that we sent Ricky to any program was in an effort to give him the tools to know for himself, is this the path that he wants to continue on? My thought process was also go and be with other kids who are also talented and see where you fit, where you are. And you're not, you know, when you're at your
2: own high school, you're the star of your high school and of your city and of your town, but you have no idea where you are nationally. And that's what we've done. I feel like with this program, we have students from all over the place. Which is huge.
0: And the other thing about your guys' program, your staff is not faculty there to present the offerings. At their school. At at their school. school, right. So this is at a neutral location, and it's professors and teachers coming from all different schools to create a tapestry of sampling. Exactly of their program, so the kids get their feedback and all that variety, but they also kind of get to get a better idea of what those schools might be like, right? having had the opportunity to work with somebody from the different schools that were represented.
2: Absolutely. And the first year of ArtsBridge Summer, which was in 2010, where we had 20 students. How many do you have now? One hundred fifty. Oh my gosh. Well, we have four different programs. So, musical theater is about fifty-six. Acting, thirty. Oh, we have an incredible acting program at thirty-two, and we have classical voice, and then we have musical theater for younger students. So, it used to be that in musical theater. We put everybody all together. And then we realized as a faculty and a staff that why would a rising junior, rising sophomore want to sit in a class and talk about what they're going to do for their college audition? Like it didn't make sense. So we started a different program called MT2. Of course, then had to deal with, well, we can't just use MT2 as a feeder for the older kids program because then we won't have any openings so we find that that of the you know 38 39 40 kids a year about 12 to 15 in of them, program. Yeah 12 to 15 of them Lisa um, get into the older kids program and how we keep this really fair is our faculty does not have any idea who was in the younger program Ah. Um, Yeah, and we have to keep it fair, right? But like with everything else, we have to really educate the parents that just because your child is there, we hope we can accept them for the MT program. But most of the time we can't, We, we don't have enough openings because the other people, you know, there are students out there who deserve to be there. So we have to keep it as fair as possible. And by the way, I just want to go back to one thing. Kids often feel that they should go to a college program because they want to go to that college or university. You mean it's Carnegie, not a not program? Yeah, yeah, Carnegie Mellon or Michigan or something like that. And what the students don't realize is even though some of the main teachers may come in and do a master class or do a class or um, do a couple of days, they're run out of a different department in the university, They yes. run out of the office of summer programs or the office of special programs or external programs you know one of those corporate sounding names and it doesn't really make a difference it does it show you have interest sure but and you also just don't get the depth of the faculty and we give these really long reports at the end to the students to go back and show their teachers so and just to
1: expand on what you just said Hallie it's like going to a college's summer program for high school students is a, a way of demonstrating interest but when you look at The list of factors that lead to an admission decision for colleges across the country demonstrated interest is like number 10 or 11 or 12 down the list of factors in order of importance. And for audition based programs that kids are applying for, it's really the academic record and the artistic evaluation, right? The audition, pre-screens, resume, headshots, the whole artistic component. Those two pieces, like your academic record and your artistic what you're bringing to the table in the audition experience; those are the two things that that matter most. So, when picking summer program, this sounds like a long, elaborate plug for Bridge Summer, which of course no, it is, no, this but... is
0: like just good general. information. Yeah. I love cool. that you're bullet pointing expressed interest as one of the the measures of consideration. I love this whole conversation about. Don't think that getting into their summer program. And right. being there gives you an edge because I can tell you personally, Frankie went to as a sophomore, which we thought was a really good sign. it's very unusual, by the way, that he did got he? in as a sophomore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did not get into Michigan. And then Tommy did a summer program at CCM and he did not get into CCM.
2: Huh. So- this is
1: like a case study for the point that we're trying to make. Right. With
2: Amazing. His-
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really all about the training and getting ready for, the process from an artistic angle, from a technical an, a angle, from a, from an organizational, like putting together the spreadsheet and being organized with the process of preparing all these materials. You know, th- that end of things is, is more important. Demonstrated interest is like a nice tiebreaker, but it's certainly not anywhere close to the most important factors, for sure.
0: While we're talking about factors, what is your thoughts on academics? Good.
1: Well, they, you know, yeah, academics matter, matter for sure. <laughs> but, you know, like we... And test scores. And test, well, test scores is like a whole podcast unto itself. That world has changed dramatically in the last year. And we can go into that if you'd like. But the academic record is important. It depends on what schools we're talking about. So, you know, highly selective schools that take, you know, 20% of their total applicant pool or, or less. And I'm talking about... The institution overall. So if we're talking, if we're talking about a university based program like University of Michigan, since that's come up, if it's a university that is admitting, you know, 15 or 20% of its applicant pool, you can bet that academics are going to matter in a pretty big way in Mm -hmm. terms of whether that final decision is, you know, admit and I waitlist um, equally, really, with the artistic thing, as I was mentioning. But we work with students who, you know, have like C's and D's and even F's on their transcripts, and worry about, does this mean I'm not going to, you know, am I going to be able to find a college that I can get into with my grades? And the answer is yes. Yes. There's mm-hmm. almost no situation, Absolutely. no, there's no academic profile that I've ever ever looked at in my career and said you know, this student can't find a college where they'll be able to thrive academically. So it's all about the list, right?
2: Wouldn't you also say that students don't really think about why they are applying to a certain school, other than they see it on some Broadway.com list Mm -hmm. or the best musical theater programs, which is just really a ridiculous list because people most of the time pay to be on something like that, but that... Hold that thought. So... Let's just
0: finish that thought.
2: What I want to say is people need to understand that you do not have to go to a certain college to, quote, make it, whatever that means. It's not true. And that everybody thinks that's true. There's a great blog post that we did a number of years ago, 50 actors and where they went to college. It's not Julia and Carnegie Mellon and, and Baldwin Wallace and CCM. It's really Brad Pitt with the University of Missouri. So now, you know, Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt, but, you know, your boys are pretty darn good looking. So, yeah. <laughs> But I think people need to understand that I think, like, 93% of the colleges out there are dying for students right now. Some very large number. And, you know, and reality, programs are- there are a lot of programs out there are definitely always looking for students. You know, University of Alabama, which is a terrific program, UAB Birmingham or even, you know, Tuscaloosa, people need to stay open and look at what's out there and stop thinking they have to be New York or Boston or Chicago or, you know, Ohio, um, because it's just not accurate. If you have great training and you use your summers, you're only in college 32 weeks out of the year. Yeah, that's a really good perspective.
0: Yeah. That's a very, like, real... um, Let's be real here, right? Yeah, it really illuminates it in a different light when you put it that way. Good. So after attending ArtsBridge, and really, I want to say, investing in
2: education and training,
0: what are you investing in? What is the value? What are the students leaving with that are the advantages and the benefits?
2: What they're leaving with is an understanding of where they are artistically understanding of what it takes if you're looking to pursue this, an understanding of what does it mean to have a great song or a great monologue, understanding what a dance call is like, right? Because we obviously have a big part of our program that's dance too. So the students leave, they understand where they are at the time the program's over. And how, where they are is not going to be where the person they sat next to in class is. It's where they are, where they are now and they may not yet where they be one of the five or six or seven girls that gets into Carnegie Mellon, but they also learn that's just fine that there are schools out there for you. They don't come to ArtsBridge to get into one of the programs that's represented there because we bring in masterclass people. We talk about other programs all the time. We want to give them a real general idea. What's it like to be in a BFA program? What kind of things will you do? What kind of courses will you take? And these are the kind of kids you'll probably be with the next four years. So we really give them a taste of what that life is like. I would
1: also say that you know every year, whether it's in our college consulting practice or at ArtsBridge Summer, we'll have a student who goes through the intensity right of an artistic assessment or two weeks at Archford Summer and they realize kind of like I did my freshman year at Eastman oh boy I don't, this isn't quite what I, it's not fun because it's too intense. Maybe my other interests are something that I should explore. It doesn't feel like what I'm up for, right? The way that the program, to a certain extent, simulates the intensity of being in a BFA or a Bachelor of Music program can help students figure out if it really is for them. I see those as huge success
2: stories. Me too. I was going to exactly say, and that is a success. Yeah. You know, and Lisa, what we really love about the gap Year program is really what it is, is see what it's like. You know, spend a college semester in acting, and musical theater, whatever it is that you do, because maybe you can also realize, you know what, I love this, I'm going to be a participant in it, I'll be a patron, but I'm going to be an actor. I don't want to deal with this level of competition my whole life, even though according to a lot of the statistics we've seen, a huge percentage of students who study the arts in college do stay with it in some way. Well, and
0: no matter whether they choose to move forward and Actually, applying audition, it's going to build who they are as a human in some important way. Um,
2: Yes, 100%.
0: Yeah. And I love the arts for that reason. I just think it's. What other college student has to get up in front of their class every day, bare their
2: souls with a monologue and do a song and get critiqued and I'm telling you, most college students are in a, you know, five hundred or two hundred and fifty person lecture anonymous. Or they're not even going to class, they're looking at the recording. It's yeah. not easy training. It's not for everybody. It really no. isn't. like you said, it's not for the faint of heart at all.
0: I wanna keep moving so what would you say being introspective what would be a red flag to be like you may think that you want to do this but really
2: you're not constituted in that way I would say and this is also a complicated answer we could also do a podcast just on this I think that students know whether they're competitive or not. So as a parent, I would make sure my child did some kind of a summer program where they have to audition. I don't think so, programs, okay. yes, I don't think programs where anybody can go is the answer. I also encourage everybody to not shy away from programs because of the money, because the good ones, ours, offer scholarships, just like when you apply to college and you have People have to apply for financial aid. If you want to go to a summer program, ask if there is a possibility for scholarship or any kind of financial aid. So, if your child auditions for summer programs and doesn't get in, let's say over a couple of years, that's a I don't know if it's a red flag, but that means a few things. That means that maybe they don't know how to audition well. Maybe they don't have great material. Maybe they get so nervous it just really. sean and I did an artistic assessment with, with somebody um, who just could get through it, couldn't get through it. And by the way, she ended up not pursuing a BFA, huge mm-hmm. success for us. But I think not getting into a program, maybe auditioning for the school plays or musicals, mm-hmm. not getting a part. And I also say, make sure that students have a teacher who's gonna be straight with them and honest with them and not just take their money. Mm-hmm. But summer programs are really great and also intensive, workshops during the year. And I also mind just going back to that there's a program for everybody, is some of these students who are not artistically there yet are pretty brilliant, you know, and have terrific grades and terrific scores. And there's so many great BA programs that have terrific theater. American University, Muhlenberg in Pennsylvania, Skidmore in New York State. I mean, there are a lot of programs um, and it's not a failure. Vassar, it's not a failure to go to those programs. There are many people out there, Lisa, who think that everybody should go to a BA program because it teaches you about the world, it teaches you poetry about English, how to read, how to listen, and then you can apply it to your arts. So not one way to do that. Another thing Sean and I have learned a lot being asked these questions is you have to think about, like, what do you like to do when you're not in school? Like, do you like to go to restaurants? You know, we don't ask you to, like to go to bars, but you know what yeah. I mean. Do you, like to to yeah. do you like to go to restaurants? Do you like to go to the movies? Do you like to go to museums? Because if you're in a place that doesn't offer that, then you need to think about that. It's not just what you take in class it's who goes there it's the students of what are you going to take there you know so yeah
1: much. and another way of putting it or thinking about it is like just like colleges have a list of and every college does has you know a list of factors that it, that is important to it as a college like what are we as a college looking for in applicants and who do we want to bring into our student body students don't i think ask themselves what their list of factors in order of importance is enough and too often students come to the end of the college admissions process when they've been so focused right like we're all so focused on what it takes to get in the essays Mm -hmm. the recommendations the test scores and then all of a sudden you know a student who has two three four ten offers to choose from it's like wait a minute what's important to me I wasn't prepared to like have to (laughs) be able to choose yeah yeah and I think students need to start way earlier with forming an opinion I always put it in in terms like this you've got to start doing some visits and researching colleges to the point that you can really become opinionated about what it is that you like and don't like about each school and start to get picky it's a it's a matter of really picturing how you want to spend your time in college rather than worrying too much about you know the rankings and certainly about what job may or may not be there after graduation which which has become a national obsession you know since 2008, understandably, when, the, you know, when the, the market tanked and colleges really started having to answer the difficult questions from parents and prospective students about like, how is your program going to land my kid a job after graduating and how much debt are they going to have and what is their income likely to be? Mm-hmm. And it's really shifted the focus away from students and parents too thinking about like, first of all, it's a bachelor's degree, like whether it's a BFA or a BA or a BS or a BM, they're all bachelor's degrees. And so you can, you go on, you know, through life with your bachelor's degree, just, just like, you know, we all do with our high school diplomas, right? Like it's not so consequential. So again, just like focusing on, is this a curriculum that, you know, looks exciting to me is like Hallie was talking about, you know, what do I like to do in my free time? Does the community that the college is in, you know, afford me the opportunities to do those things that I love that refill my cup, that, chart that that, that energized me as a person, right?
2: There are at least two um, one-year programs for students who did not do a pre-med major, Um, did something like a BFA, and then decide to go to medical school. And I'm sure it exists for law and MBAs as well. And these programs I know that um, uh, I think Brainmar and Columbia both have them. And you do your pre-med requirements, you know, mm-hmm. you do your chemistries, your organics, your inorganics, you do what you have to do, and then you apply. But arts applicants are considered very interesting applicants to different kinds of programs. And the unfortunate thing with people assume that you have to go back and do another bachelor's degree you do not you do not if you want to do something else but first give it a real honest try that's what I would say to everybody give it a real try and let the the world normalize out of it hopefully before you decide you're not going to do it what do you think
0: the process is going to look like going forward with COVID like what most significantly is going to change and how does that affect how to be prepared. I'm thinking like be having Zoom training specifically or virtual training, you know, how to come across virtually is going to be a huge priority now. You know, we've been doing it. Sean, you take
2: this one because we've been doing it for a year and a half. That's yeah,
1: we actually just put up a, a guest blog post on our website that Michaela Donovan, who's the assistant director of the school the Boston University School of Theater, shared with us five reasons why virtual auditions are here to stay. And, you know, it's the idea that it levels the playing field and anybody can access these programs from anywhere in the world. Yep. So it's, it, it becomes less about, you know, how big your travel budget is because God knows that students applying to 20 plus programs. It it gets expensive, time consuming. There's days missed from school. So there's huge efficiency that has been brought to this process, forced into this process by the pandemic, like in a lot of industries. And while people are you know, understandably in, in this space like every other one, excited to get back to doing things in person, there's definitely no guarantee that colleges are gonna say, oh yeah, here's, you know, five thousand dollars to go have an audition tour for the recruitment office at whatever school. Right. About. right. So, you know, it's it still remains to be seen a little bit, like which schools keep the the virtual auditions, you know, permanently and maybe it'll be a hybrid model, but no doubt it's going to be a standard offering on the menu of the ways that you can fulfill these artistic requirements as a college applicant, right? But even when we transition back, you know, we haven't started talking about what the curriculum at ArtsBridge Summer, for example, will look like for 2022. Right. But I can imagine that one of the things that we'll be talking about is, okay, we're now back to being in person. And so we're doing this, like, prep for live audition experiences but there's going to have to be a component prep for yeah yeah prep right. for for zoom auditions and, and virtual experiences or Not a zoom
2: program maybe we'll do a, a one week or two week program for for people who for whatever reasons can't afford yeah. or can't don't want or have a job in the evening or something that they right. want to be able to do it yeah and i love that idea too
1: yeah and and the other thing is that all the virtual training has been I think pre-screening recordings have become stronger as a result, right? Like yeah. all of this prep on technology is is exactly what needs to be done for this first round audition thing called pre-screens. It's been good. Yeah. Lisa,
2: also, there's a piece of software that I know wasn't around for your voice called um,
1: App Companist,
2: You're talking about? App Companist. Thank you, Sean. Which basically they put on their phone and they can get a track for literally any No time. way. Any song Lisa, any key, it even will do a rubato, which you know it'll slow down
0: where they need that to is me. crazy because you we had to get the people right. like their accompanists from their voice lessons yes. or from their school to come and play behind them and, or you know record and then bring it with them. Wow, and and, so and you know that's
1: that's right. really another gift of the pandemic because before. Before app companies existed, like, you know, you ask any college, like, oh, is it okay to use a backing track? Like, some schools would allow it. Some would be like, oh, we really prefer live accompaniment. Now it's like any preference like that is kind of out the window.
2: And you know what, With Sean said, Sean, you said 5000 but it's much more than yeah, that. I know, what that the was colleges a or even our company, Archbridge, by not traveling, I mean, we miss it for so many different reasons. But yeah, but less savings. Oh, well, think about the major cities staying in New York. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Four hundred easy, even that, and that's not enough at, at the ritz either. Right? No, <laughs> so, no, no, no. no.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about it, just because. How can you really? How how do you really yeah, feel you know, somebody? Because yeah. I'm such an energy, like you know, presence person. I'm. How can that come across on camera? You know. So like,
1: interestingly, I think that what faculty all over the country in these programs have seen this past year is that they're actually getting more of a true sense of who these kids are when they're auditioning in the comfort of their own homes and they're really themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, these audition rooms tend to be kind of, you know, sterile, intimidating. And And I feel for the kind of process that we're talking about, it it works really, really well. And I think the faculty have seen that. I mean, the the proof is in the pudding and it was, um, you know.
2: What students said about Archbishop Summer being virtual, that how it helped them so much this year with their auditions is because the program was virtual. Uh-huh. They learned about all the settings on zoom. They learned about using that confidence, you uh-huh. know, how to track. I mean, there are a lot of things to tweak. They have two weeks to do that. So that's why online programs, if you're going to be auditioning online, you have to have that experience. Like don't just go in cold and you've never done it before.
0: I do think that there are a lot of gifts on many levels that we got out of this time. Weirdly. Yeah. Of the pandemic. And, and one of them I think is efficiency. I think our time, even <laughs> doctor's appointments, you know, virtual. Amazing. 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 Not yes. waiting and. Not waiting, right? Yeah, even taking my son to the ortho, my younger son, they're on schedule because. You think you have a mm-hmm. younger one we may see? I do. And you know what? He's oh. super talented. Oh. I think he's seeing this yes, and less. he's kind of like, hmm. Well, you know, make sure he
1: listens to this episode.
0: <laughs> I will. Yes. He he could very well come your way because he's got it too. Which, you know, what do you say to parents who have somebody coming up and they're putting their child on this track to an industry that hasn't existed for a year and who who knows what the future holds? I believe in the arts. We've had a huge void. People are hungry for it. They're starving for it. And history shows that out of these times comes beautiful and more art and more hunger for it. But as a parent who's considering their child's future, what do you say to them?
2: Well, first of all, Um, A lot of these kids, this is like who they are, right? So there's not so much a choice about whether their mom or dad, I mean, unless their mom or dad really doesn't want to or can't fund it, or the student gets into a VA program and gets huge academic money. I mean, I would always say to somebody, don't turn down a full ride. I, I just feel that way. But on the other hand, in our survey. We did ask that question. And it came out to be that 70% of all the students, the the seniors say they, or the students in college would never change their major. But the flip side of it is 30% would. So um, I think some people are definitely very curious to see what happens as things come back. I have no doubt that things are gonna come back. I think they're gonna probably come back in the Northeast and in the West Coast You know and then you know the big cities faster than maybe in the south where they are just seeing not good rates of COVID because people aren't getting vaccinated but so I think things will come back but I think it will be a time to really carefully think about what you know if my child is going to do this number one are they going to get in I think it's going to get more and more competitive I do Mm -hmm. so that may be part of the answer but maybe also go to a a university program where if the student decides this isn't for me they can switch majors and do something else without having to leave their friends that's pretty important by the way oh my gosh I could I could I know let's let's do
0: a part two yeah that sounds great I also just want to quickly touch on, you know, just with the climate of society and Black Lives Matter. And also now Mm -hmm. even the theater industry is pushing for equality, better representation of the full population. Where does that put your Caucasian (laughs) male and female?
2: Very important question and and very difficult question. Very difficult question. Mm -hmm. Listen, there's been such terrible treatment um, for years and years and years, unfair treatment for people of color. So I'm actually all in favor of course for the awareness of it. I do think yes, it's going to it will limit the spots in the schools and in the programs for now but I do still think the best person is going to call get the job. And I think that the schools want the best kids. And as much as possible, there are going to make sure there are opportunities for all kinds of students, and non-binary kids and trans kids. And there's an awareness going on now where it is not okay to be racist. And it is okay to question everything. But I think it's... You know, it's also highly sensitive, and there are a lot of people who don't buy into this. We do. It's something that we're all going to have to figure out a way to get through over the next few years, and hopefully things will normalize where it won't be you get something because you're a person of color or you don't get something because you're a person of color Will just be the best person gets a job.
1: You know, fortunately, it's not new that the top programs are looking to enroll the most diverse classes um, possible. And this is such a competitive field in terms of college admission for, for theater, specifically that I think worrying about or even spending time thinking about how your race might impact your chances. It's the wrong thing to be worrying about when you're really just trying to show the best version of yourself and you are who you are. You are the race that you are. So be prepared. Show up, do the work, be organized, and quesarasara.
2: And be the best you can be. That's like, right. Like that. This was
1: so much fun. Was,
0: yes. Thank fun. you so much. You guys are, are just a powerhouse of everything. Um,
2: everything, Lisa. really does.
0: Of all the best in terms of support and knowledge, insight, education, just everything that a parent and a student could want as they get ready.
2: Anybody can find us at artsbridge.com. Yes, that's, that art. that's probably the best way or the email would be info at artsbridge.com. And by the way, you ask really great questions. You clearly know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, well, I thank yes, you. Thank much, you though. so much. Um, your <laughs> listeners are lucky to have you. and come back. So I hope you have a great weekend. Love to your boys.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Bye. Lisa. Bye. They amazing? Go check them out, have your kids apply, consider uh, ArtsBridge doing some consulting for your child's application and audition process. At minimum, follow them on social media just by doing that. Get tons of information and feel like you are informed and that you're accessing a great resource. I had my boys listen, because I always run everything by them to make sure that they're good with anything that I speak of them on their behalf. Frankie said, loved it, best yet for sure. So many great insider details and raw truths about the process, really, really liked it. So, you know. (laughs) My most valued critics like it. Um, So that says a lot for me. Okay, I'm just gonna highlight some bullet points. Getting to the audition and being the best, most artistically developed version of themselves is what the goal is in the end, um, what we want for them and what they want for themselves. And that is what ArtsBridge helps with. They don't have a crystal ball. They would never tell anyone not to do this. The faculty at ArtsBridge Summer Is beyond because of the individuals that they are also because it's a mix of colleges that are represented in and of itself that makes it beyond and it makes it a neutral place which is fantastic they have never seen an academic profile that cannot be matched to a program that a student can thrive in what to consider outside of rankings and emphasis on not needing to go to a certain college to have a future in this industry. It really comes down to great training. Use your summers. You're in college 32 weeks out of the year. You have 20 weeks outside your college program to do other training the online application called AppCompass to make the process easier. Faculty is really seeing, they're able to get a really great sense of who these kids are because they are auditioning in their own homes and able to really be themselves. I was really surprised to hear that, but really glad to hear that. We definitely have to record another chat with ArtsBridge and Hallie and Sean. There were so many things I would have liked to have spent more time talking about, elaborating on, and diving deeper into. That is all. Thank you for listening. I'm not sure when I'll be back, but it will be with something that I think is valuable for you as a listening audience. Blessings, happy summer, be well.